Do you have an Instagram account? You poor brave soul. Don't you know that some of the folks on Instagram can be creeps? People on the lookout for the next person to stalk or hunt down. The next time you're posting that beach picture or a selfie with friends, never forget, there may be someone doing more than just looking. No matter how nasty that might sound, enjoy these 10 creepy confessions from Instagram users. If you want to be in a future video, go to darknessprevails.org to submit your stories today. I'd love to hear stories from teachers and Pizza Hut employees. One, Stranger from the Dark Web by Juiced Pudding. The story is from the perspective of a girl. At the time of this story, I was 17. This happened around last year. I was browsing my Instagram. Now, I have a furry account, so it's not uncommon for me to get follow requests from people I don't know, and I usually accept them. I see a new message from someone I hadn't met before. Not seeing any red flags, I replied. The person said hi. I was lonely at the time, so when I got random messages, I was quite happy. It didn't happen too often, to be honest. So I replied back within a few moments. We chatted throughout the night, and when I finally decided to log off and get some sleep, I never really said bye or told him what I was going to do. I mean, I didn't really know them, and I didn't think I needed to. But I woke up the next day, to 50 messages from him, all asking what had happened to me and how worried he had been. This struck me as odd, as it probably would with anyone. But what was weird even for me was the fact that I ignored this and continued to talk to him. After only a few weeks, he and I had gotten rather close. To me, it seemed like a mild flirtation at most, but to him, it was more. When I started expressing interests in other people, he would get upset and started telling me that I was cheating on him. He'd call me things like baby and tell me he loved me, and no matter what I did or said, he would still make heavy advances. I would try to ignore this and continue talking as we did before. I was very lonely again, and without him, I wasn't sure who to talk to. Another few months go by, and he was still pushing hard for me to be his girlfriend, and I was getting irritated. I told him time and time again that I just wasn't interested that way. So I sought out the help of my friend, Dawn. She told him to just leave me alone and anyone else alone because of how he was getting creepy. But right after that, he was getting even worse because he began posting things on his own Instagram, tagging me in them, he talked about hurting people, admitting that he got satisfaction, and I mean that in multiple ways, from causing other people severe physical pain. He would say he wished he had the courage to take the leap, track down his target in real life, and quote-unquote, stick them like a pig. I had never been more disturbed by something in my life when I saw this. This wasn't at all like the person I'd been talking to. He had been hiding his true self this entire time, and now I felt my life was in danger. Because who was this target he was talking about? 
One day, the guy sent Don a link to a website, a website we weren't able to access until he gave us a little rundown on how to do it. We had to download a special browser just to access it. When we finally opened the webpage, obviously fueled by morbid curiosity, we saw that it was a page dedicated to people who took hits out on other people, and there were real photos of the things they had done. He said to us that he wanted to have his picture there and that we could help him achieve that. I stopped messaging him completely and blocked him. Somehow he discovered my phone number and was able to continue talking to me that way despite my attempts to ignore him. I eventually told my parents, who got me a new phone, a new phone number, and luckily that same year we moved. I'll never forget how close I came to being a victim of some psychopath. Number two, Ordeal with My Ex, submitted by Joanna. This is from the perspective of a girl. In 2015, I was in my first year of college. That summer after graduating from high school, I broke up with my first serious boyfriend. It was long distance and lasted about a year and a half. I was the typical newly single college girl who had used dating apps like OkCupid to meet new people and go on dates. After having met a few unmemorable folks or people that simply didn't click with me, I met my next boyfriend. His name was Bruce. I met Bruce on OkCupid, and at first he seemed nice. Cliche, I know, but I notice many people start out like that, trying to be as nice as possible to make a good first impression. He certainly did, and it pulled me in like a fly approaching a spider's web, even if I didn't know it at the time. Our first date consisted of walking in the downtown area of our city, and because of the time of year, it was tourist season. So we grabbed a bite to eat at a pizza joint away from all the hustle and bustle of the autumn festivities. It was also pretty cold that day. When we got to a major city landmark by the water, we shared our first kiss. Looking back, I pretended to like it. I had felt his nose dripping on me when we did it. I looked past that, and that same night we made it official. I know it sounds ridiculous. Why would I become official with someone I only knew for a night? Well, I had enjoyed myself, and I may have been a bit naive. Little did I know what was about to happen until February 2016. At first, he seemed kind and nice to me, as I mentioned before, but by the time I had to leave for holiday break, a new side of Bruce began to show itself. My home was a half hour away from my university, so this made it impossible to visit Bruce like I used to let alone any of my college friends for the time being. I didn't have a car or my license, so I couldn't drive. Taking a taxi or an Uber would have been very expensive. I actually had a stomach bug too just before leaving my dorm for break. So whether I liked it or not, so I was stuck in there until the last day we were allowed to be in our dorms. Bruce had brought me saltines and ginger ale, which was nice of him but he was very hot and cold about wanting to see me. In one moment, he told me he wanted to see me and take care of me, but the next, he would tell me, I don't want to be around you, I'll catch something. This Jekyll and Hyde side to him 
became more and more prominent as time went on. From about late December on, Bruce would change his tone with me every other hour. He would at first be all happy and tell me how beautiful I was, flirt with me over messages. But the next, he would be angry for no reason, often filling my phone with messages if I didn't answer him right away. He would text me even if he knew I was at work. Things got worse after we became intimate for the first time that January, just after New Year's. My parents agreed to take me all the way to his house to spend the night. We ended up having our first time together that night, and it happened to be my very first time. As expected, it was a very bad experience for me. Not just because I was nervous, but because he was having trouble getting it up. It was around this time Bruce's troubling behavior peaked, and he became obsessive, even delusional at times, about me and our relationship. He would demand to see me every night, no matter what. I remember one occasion I was out in the snow at night waiting for him to come and walk to his house from my dorm, which was relatively close. If I wanted a night to myself or with some friends, he would make me feel guilty somehow, and I still would end up being with Bruce for the evening. I remember sending him selfies in the morning after my makeup for a day of classes. Instead of appreciating them, he would tell me things like, who are you wearing that makeup for? Why are you all dressed up if you're just going to class? He said these things suspiciously, and I reminded him that I always wore makeup to class. He would remark to me, you won't wear it for me, yet you'll wear it for complete strangers. That wasn't true at all. Makeup has always made me feel presentable and confident, as it does many females. True that by that point, I wasn't really wearing makeup to his house anymore to see him, but that's because I didn't feel like it. Most of the time, it was dark by the time we saw each other, and I was in comfortable clothes by that point, and too tired after a long day. Now, this was the time I had Instagram. I had many friends and followers from campus, and it was an easy and convenient way to keep up with them. At one point, I even had thousands of Instagram followers. I no longer have that account for personal use, for the record, but it wasn't because of Bruce. Now, some of these people on Instagram were, of course, guys, and also friends of mine. They would comment on my pictures or like them, and I was fine with that. I didn't see anything wrong with it. They all knew I had a boyfriend at that point, which is why I wasn't worried. But apparently I should have been. Because Bruce, on the other hand, asked me on several occasions, who is this or that on my Instagram? Why did you take that specific selfie? Who was liking your pictures? I don't want so-and-so commenting on your Instagram. Why do you answer back to these people? You don't know them, and I'm your boyfriend. Bruce even targeted one of my specific followers who happened to be a guy. I didn't even talk to that guy or know him at the time, but that did not stop Bruce from accusing me of having a quote-unquote secret thing on Instagram with this person. One thing's for sure, I'm no cheater. Never have been, never will be. I know that Bruce was aware of this fact, but was extremely insecure about it. Every time he'd be this accusatory, I would tell him to stop, but he would still have those Jekyll and Hyde episodes, getting super angry and then suddenly acting like everything was normal. It was very upsetting. 
I tried to tell him once that he owed me an apology for that behavior, but he didn't understand what I was talking about. He said he was justified, and then he would bring up the fact that he was my first, and I had to get over it. Well, things went on, and at about three months into the relationship, he admitted to loving me and mentioned stuff about marriage and children. I can see why two people talk about that stuff in order to understand what each other expects from a relationship, but three months, that's a bit too early to be talking about it, especially as serious as he was. It was early February, and somehow things got worse. We fought every day over the littlest things, and he started to think that I was out to get him, out to make him mad, out to make his life miserable, and would blame me for everything. At this point, my own mother noticed the behavior. I quit smoking around that time as well, but he got mad that I quit smoking, and that's where it got weird, because that's when I learned that things like smoking, clearing my throat of thick mucus, burning him with a cigarette, they turned him on. This is something I didn't know about him before, and it was highly disturbing. But get this, after getting repeatedly sick for the past few months, I ended up learning from my doctor that I needed to have surgery on my throat, and when I admitted this to Bruce, he was infuriated. He put his foot down, saying that I was not allowed to have that surgery. He didn't care if I felt bad all the time, that I got repeatedly sick, that this permanently affected my health. He just wanted his weirdly sick kicks for me when I cleared my mucus from my throat. God, it gives me chills just remembering it. Sometime around my 19th birthday, I had posted something on Instagram, and he flipped out. And since he was drunk at the time, he got a bit violent. My mother told me that it was best if I left Bruce, so I listened. I texted him saying it was over. From there, it went downhill. He begged me nonstop for another chance that he would see a therapist because I take promises seriously and he did promise to get help for his behavior. I foolishly gave him another chance the next day. After blocking him on social media already, I had to unblock him and once I took him back, Bruce was extremely angry that I ever broke up with him, saying things like, I can't believe you did that to me. You make me feel like I want to hurt somebody. The worst of it happened not too long after that, and that was the last straw. While we were intimate, I at one point told him to stop because I was in pain at what he was doing, but instead of listening, he seemed to enjoy the fact that I was hurting during the act and went as hard as possible at it, trying to make me hurt more. I'll never forget the look on his face when he did that. That night, I went back home to my parents' place, crying, and I afterwards went to see my doctor. I was having some severe abdominal pains after that, and my doctor took a look and diagnosed it. Bruce had done this to me. I confronted Bruce about this, and that it was from that night. I told him he hadn't listened to me and had ended up hurting me badly, and he said, you act like it's important or something. I broke up with him that same day, no matter how much he begged this time, I did not take him back. I blocked his phone number on all social media I could manage. I wish I could say it was all over, but it wasn't. 
I remember looking at my call logs for the next month following, and I found several blocked calls from Bruce. I even got voice messages saying, can we talk, and I miss you. I ended up getting messages from him on Instagram before blocking him there. One read, I hope you're doing well, you're such a good person. It sounded redundant. He used the same phrasing for the same meaning over and over, and I told him I did not want to see or hear from him ever again. Then I blocked him. Now, about a year later, I repurposed my Instagram account. It had a lot of followers, and I wanted to make it a business account. By then, I had a serious relationship with a much better guy. That's when I got a direct message on Instagram, and I assumed, as usual, it was business-related. All it said was, I haven't forgotten you. I'm still watching. Number three, My Instagram Nightmare by Auditm. It happened a few years back, and looking back on it now, I still can't believe how foolish I was at times. Whenever I think about this incident, it sends chills down my spine and reminds me to beware of every move I make online. I live in a very small town in India. Here, Instagram is a pretty big deal. You're judged by the difference of your followers and following. Now, I've always been a popular girl at school, but I still craved a big online fan base. To achieve this, I even made my account public, but I didn't accept everyone's message requests unless I found them attractive or interesting. It was a Saturday evening when I was in my bed ready for some sleep when I received a new follower by the username of SexySteve97. Sure, it sounds ridiculous. Let me continue. I opened his account because I like to see who my new followers are, if I can. He didn't have a picture of himself on there, and he only had about 130 followers. It was odd. For a brief moment, I assumed it was a fake account, but I didn't think much of it. To me, a follower is a follower, so I ignored it. After a few days, I received a message from him saying hi, and that's it. I had a difficult time deciding whether or not to reply, but I eventually relented, and I said to him, hey, yeah, with the smiley face, of course. He asked me then, so are you on Facebook? I said, yeah, and I let him know how to find me on there. The very next day, I received his friend request. Let's call him Y, according to his name on his Facebook. I looked over his account. I saw that he was in college. I saw his age, the school he went to, and everything else. After that, we continued talking over Facebook and Instagram. He kept giving me the signals that he liked me, and like a fool, I kept falling for it, blushing every time he said something like that, just being immature. After a few days of talking, I stopped replying to his messages because he began acting strange. He would say things like, I'm too alone and I'm desperate for love, and only you can fill this empty void inside of me. That was a bit much for me. They were even more weird to me the more he said them, and I had come to a boiling point. I didn't block him, but I started ignoring his messages because it was just too awkward and cheesy. After a few days, he seemed to get the hint 
and I stopped getting messages from him. A few months go by and I did not hear from him again, but he kept on following me on Instagram, and for some reason I too gave him a follow back, and I didn't change that. Again, we never talked anymore, but we would sometimes comment on each other's posts and pictures. It was one lazy afternoon when I noticed why I had posted a story, and I decided to check it out. It was his picture, and I gave him a reply saying, haughty, or something like that, as he had taken a good picture of himself. Thank you, he replied after a few minutes, and before I knew it, we were talking again, and we had exchanged actual phone numbers on Instagram. He would call me late at night, and we would talk until the sun was up. The cheesiness returned twofold, telling me how much he liked me and how long he wanted to confess his love for me. Around that time, I discovered he knew one of my close friends, so I decided to get some answers about why from him. What I heard wasn't pretty, but still, for some reason, I was interested in why. I couldn't help it. So I didn't stop him when he began referring to me as his girlfriend. And soon enough, he was acting like I was his physical property. He hated when I hung out with friends, hated when I talked to them. He expected me to give him my entire day and night. He'd get insanely mad whenever my phone was busy, and he made me unfollow everyone on Instagram except him. Soon, I'd had enough. I politely told him I can't do this anymore, that it was best if we just parted ways. I once again began ignoring his calls and messages. After a few weeks, everything grew quiet, and I thought Y had made his peace with it. What I didn't know was that that was the quiet before the storm. It was a Wednesday afternoon when I heard a ring at my door. I was home alone at the time. I went and answered it, and was shocked to see that it was Y standing outside my door. Note that I had never once given him my address, and I did not have my address on any social media. I knew better than that. Can we talk? He asked calmly. I live at an apartment building, so I knew if I talked to him while he was standing out, it would only invite troubles for me. So I let him come in, out of the way of people peeping in public. Just get it over with, I said, as I took a step back from him. I locked the door behind him as he walked inside. I had no idea what this guy had planned, and I was extremely creeped out and worried that he had found me, and I was even more so scared when this was the first thing he said. With a big grin on his face, he asked me, Are you scared? Then he took a step towards me. I kept walking backwards, trying to maintain a distance from him. His hand slowly moved into his pocket. At that point, I turned around and ran towards my room, but he was walking slowly after me, shouting my name. When I went inside my room, I locked myself in, and I was crying. Soon, he began banging at my door, harder and harder. Princess, he said to me from outside the door, stopping the banging for a moment. I came to fix things, there's no need to be scared. I have something for you, something that will fix all of this, for good, forever. I scrambled to find my phone, but realized I had left it in the living room. I was stuck here, cornered by this psycho. 
I gathered my courage and began screaming. My apartment was on the first floor, so I was determined that someone would hear me if I could just scream loud enough. After a moment, the banging on the door stopped and I could hear rapid footsteps outside the house. As I felt safer, I slowly opened the door. He was gone and the neighbors were at the door wondering what was going on. When my mom came home, she called the police. They took his number, asked me to deactivate my social media for my safety. They advised me to change my number as well. After this incident, I was sent out to study for a brief time and live with my grandma. It has been more than three years at this point, and I haven't heard from Y again. I hope it remains quiet. This episode is sponsored by June's Journey. Do you believe in monsters? And given the chance, would you be brave enough to track one down on your own? In June's Journey, people are the true monsters, and you can live the story yourself rather than sitting back and listening to one. June's Journey is a hidden object game with a thrilling murder mystery set in the Roaring Twenties. You play as June on the hunt for your sister's murderer, Discover clues through exciting hidden object scenes with beautiful and atmospheric illustrations and music. Victory brings you closer to new plot points and suspenseful answers. When not hunting for clues, you can customize your own luxurious estate island with gardens, buildings, and decor. Or chat and play with or against other players too in the Detective Club, where you could even put your skills to the test in the Detective League. June's journey is both relaxing and fun to play with my busy schedule, I find it's the perfect game to pick up and play whenever I've got a free moment. It doesn't demand too much time, and it's pretty satisfying solving puzzles quickly and unlocking new clues. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Number four, Knock Knock by Madison. It was common for my friends and I to prank each other. One of the more usual pranks we pulled on each other was running to each other's houses, knocking on the door, then running away. Sometimes it was funny, but other times it could get irritating. On one particular night, I heard someone knocking at the door. The knock sounded similar to the way my friends would do it, so that's who I assumed it was. To further convince me of this, when I opened the door, no one was there. I texted my friends saying, very funny guys, but knock it off, it's like 3 a.m. I did get a reply eventually from someone who said, hey man, we're all at Blake's house, what's up? That was strange. They usually admitted to playing that prank when they did it. None of us really lied about the pranks we did. So either this was a first or they were telling the truth. 
They weren't pranking me because they were gone. I ignored it and I went to bed after making sure the doors were locked. Now, this happened for the next two nights. A knock at the door, but no one outside, and my friends denying it. On the fourth night, I decided to have all my friends over, all the ones that were accustomed to this game. They spent the night with me, and we stayed inside. This was my way of proving that it wasn't them. I wasn't sure if I'd even hear the knocking, but at least I'd have peace of mind. Later that night, with all my friends asleep and with me slowly drifting off, we all heard knocking at the door, and just as we were rubbing our eyes, a new sound erupted. It was screaming. After a while, the sound stopped, and I then called my mom and dad to come home from the hotel they were staying at for a little getaway immediately. My friends and I grabbed things from the kitchen to use as weapons, just in case, to defend ourselves. We looked around the windows, trying to keep our eyes out for movement, in case the person was still there. As we watched, one of my friends saw someone in the backyard, a man wearing black. He was just standing there, looking toward the house. Now, when my mom and dad got home, the man took off, we then called the police and they arrested the man and they ended up giving my dad a fine as he had attacked the man when we got home after finding him still watching from the bushes. Now, after this entire incident, I felt so guilty because I recognized the man. It was this part that I didn't tell anyone involved. I recognized him from my Instagram. He had followed me recently and had even sent me a video message as a joke, or I thought it was a joke at the time. That's why I didn't expect anything to come of it. The video he shared with me was of him walking behind me from a distance for about 12 minutes before I made it home. I know it sounds creepy, but as all my friends and I had been pranking each other for ages, for some reason, I simply thought it was another joke but now I know this all could have been avoided. Number five, Instagram by Lynn. I'm a girl and I was 14 years old. I had an Instagram account that had over 700 followers. My account was all dedicated to different memes. As such, I got a lot of messages throughout the day but only a few months ago, I met this guy named Sam. Sam messaged me, and instead of giving me salutations or telling me hi or introducing himself, he immediately requested dirty pictures from me. I don't do that, partly because I'm not into it, and partly because I was only 14. When I respectfully declined his offer, he threatened to come into my house and hurt me and then he began to describe some very terrible acts he would commit on my lifeless body. I rolled my eyes, blocked, and reported him, but I wish I would have told someone. I wish I would have taken it more seriously. He kept making new accounts, and he would continue to send me messages. I opened my Instagram one day and saw a new message request. I checked it, I saw a picture that disturbed me deeply. 
It was a picture of me with my parents walking down a sidewalk. It was from the perspective on the other side of the street. There were more pictures too. More up and down the street pictures. He had followed me, taking pictures of me at a distance, all while I wasn't even paying attention to it. Didn't even know he was there. I replied to the message just so I could tell him how sick this was and I told him to stop. Then I blocked that account he had made and deleted the messages. A week after things stopped, I began hearing tapping on the laundry room window whenever I walked by. It didn't happen every time, only during the evening. Now, better yet, my room is right across from the laundry room and the window has a perfect view of my bed. A couple of weeks after that started, I went on a trip with my family. I came home early with my cousin and I wasn't feeling well. I walked into the house only to smell something like gasoline. I went to the source of the smell. The back door was open and there was a clear liquid all over the floor. I called the cops with a neighbor's phone and I found out that it was in fact gasoline, that someone had come inside, poured gallons of it all over the floor, but that's it. The police have two theories on what happened here. The first being that they came inside, went out to get something to spark the flames with, but when they came back, they stopped what they were doing because I was home. And the other creepier theory was that they were waiting for someone to be home before they lit the fire. I still continue to use Instagram, but I do not take messages anymore. Number six, Her Friend by Jack M. I live in a small town in the middle of the central coast of California. For most of my life, I went to small private schools. I'm a super shy guy, and I'm a freshman in high school. I'm kind of lonely sometimes, to be honest with you, and it's hard to meet people, as again, I'm antisocial and shy. So when I met a girl on Instagram, whose picture turned out to be quite cute, we started messaging, and it really helped me with my loneliness. At one point, we decided to set up a date, a lunch date. But one Tuesday morning, I had to tell her that I couldn't make it. I had way too much homework to catch up on, and I wasn't feeling very well that day. She said okay, and I apologized. Well, the night before this, I was on Instagram looking at memes and other things. One of her stories pops up, and she's crying. I texted her asking if she was okay and if I needed to call her. She said yeah, but the battery on my phone was going out, and I did not have very good internet reception, so I said I'd contact her when I charged my phone. She said okay, then went to bed. The next day, I asked if she was doing better, and she said yes. So we talked for a while, and I asked her out another time. This time she said no, but we kept talking. But this was a mistake. Not too long after, I began receiving messages from someone claiming to be her boyfriend. I remember thinking, oh crap, I need to back off now, this is not my territory. I felt bad for being that guy, so I told her we shouldn't talk anymore. For some reason, that made the guy even more mad. 
Sure enough, he began threatening me, telling me that he was going to end my life. I wasn't sure if he was joking or not, but one weekend, when a couple of thugs jumped me out of nowhere, I knew that his claims were real. My family had to move for my safety. I was scared for my life for a few weeks after that, but eventually things quieted down. Be careful who you get close to on Instagram. It could be the gravest mistake of your life. Number seven, Horror Obsessed Girl by Ryan M. The day I started my own Instagram account was October 19th, 2014. There is a reason I remember it. On the first day I used it, I was fooling around and I took a picture of a mannequin dressed in the same thing as Creepypasta Slenderman. When I posted it to Instagram, I ended up getting quite a bit of attention for it. One person in particular who left a comment was a girl. She said my photo was hilarious. It was nice to hear something like that, especially at that age. I followed her back and I liked all her photos. Soon we started direct messaging each other. Again and again, she would comment on the photos I posted. One day when I tried to log into Instagram, I wasn't able to, and I was not able to find my account elsewhere, which was really strange. The next time I went to school, something even more weird happened. Everyone was avoiding me, and when one of the teachers saw me, they took me straight to the principal's office. There, there was a police officer, and they began interrogating me, asking me why I was posting such terrible things on my Instagram. They showed me. Someone had hacked my account, and they had been posting disgusting, disturbing crime scene photos. You know, those terrible real pictures you can find throughout the web. There were even a few photos they could not find on the internet, ones that were supposedly taken recently, showing someone messing around with the body of a squirrel. It was gross, and I told them that I hadn't done it. I ended up getting suspended, and I was assigned to therapy for the next year. When I later got control of my Instagram account again, because suddenly my old password worked once more, there was a message left for me. It was from that girl I had met a year back. She said, it's been fun, and I hope you enjoyed the photos. Number eight, Insta Creep by Anonymous. Before I begin my story, I need to tell you I'm easily scared. I'm 14 years old, five foot eight, and quite an introvert. It was a typical Saturday night. I was about to go to the mall with my older sister. It wasn't very unusual, we went pretty often, but that's beside the point. Like most other teenagers our age, we used Instagram almost every day. One day while I was getting ready for the mall, I received an Instagram message from an unknown user telling me, hello beautiful, with a heart next to it, asking me where I was. Thinking that it was someone who had the wrong user, I said that I was in France. I was going to take advantage of the situation and tease them, but that didn't stop them. They started to text me in French, which I Google translated, and it came out as weird stuff like, your wish is my command. So I think they were probably using Google Translate to attempt to talk to me that way. 
After a while, we started talking English again, and I told him sorry, but he had the wrong person. That's when he started saying that no, he in fact did not. I said, yeah, I don't know you. But his next reply was a picture of my house. He said, that's where you live, right? I was taken aback. I began to think that maybe this was one of my friends playing a prank on me. He kept agging me on, saying he was waiting outside. When I looked out the window and saw a vehicle I didn't recognize, I cried and ran to my dad to show him what was going on. When my dad went outside, the vehicle peeled off loudly. My dad took my phone and replied via my Instagram account to that message, cursing them and saying that if they came back or messaged his daughter again, they were going to call the police. He blocked the user and made me delete my Instagram account. And for the next few nights, he stayed up late, watching through the window, making sure no one strange pulled up. To this day, I never figured out who it was, and I pray it really was just a prank from someone who knew me, and not some creepy stranger. Number nine, Instagram Creeper by Alyssa. It was on a Monday that seemed just like any other. It was extremely cold out, and it was snowing, even though it was the start of April. When I woke up, I checked my notifications as usual across all my social media accounts. When I got to Instagram, I saw that I had a DM from a random user that had not yet followed me on my account. I assumed it was someone I knew from school. The direct message itself said, hey, what's up? I responded with, do I know you? In around five minutes, I got a reply that said, no, just wanted someone to chat with. Today's your lucky day. Okay, I thought, and responded with, all right, I'm up for it. The next thing they said was, so, if you want to play, where do you live? Play? What were they talking about? I said, I'm not gonna tell you where I live. I don't even know you. They replied, you can't play our game unless you tell us where you live. I was extremely curious, so I couldn't help myself. I looked up an address in a nearby town, a random one, and I gave them that. Don't worry, it was an abandoned house. I made sure of it. But what they said next was extremely eerie. No, no, no. I don't want that address. I want your address. If they already knew my address, why were they asking for it? And if they did know, then surely this was someone from school like I previously thought. I said, look, I'm not really in the mood. I don't know who you are, but I'll see you around. They never responded. It wasn't until the next day that I heard from them again. It was in the most frightening way. Now, I'd walk home from school, and my parents usually weren't home yet. That afternoon was just the same, except when I walked up to my door, there was a box there. It didn't have a shipping label, but it was still sealed. I assumed it was for one of my parents, until I saw it. Written in Sharpie was my Instagram username, not my actual name, my Instagram one. I went ahead and opened it after walking inside, and in it was just a slip of paper that read, this is the address we meant. 
And number 10, Instagram Stalker by Poodle13. I was at McDonald's one day when I noticed that when I was eating, this guy around his mid-twenties was staring at me. Now I was 12 years old at the time. I wasn't even close to being old enough to be looked at like that. I pretended I didn't notice and I tried to ignore what was going on, even though I was uncomfortable. I was there with my mother. When she got back to the table, I told her what he was doing but I said that I was done with my food and we left in a hurry. On my way home, I got an Instagram notification from someone I didn't recognize. It was a message request that read, hey there, with a winky face. As I never get messages, I replied with hi after accepting the message request. May I tell you that you're pretty, they said after that. And then they said, you deserve the best of everything. I said, okay, thank you. Uh, who are you? They ignored my question, saying, it says you're a dancer in your bio. Would you like to show me some dancing moves? I told him simply that I played in the Nutcracker in my fifth grade year, last year, and I told him that it was last year. And despite knowing my age, he said something along the lines of, that sounds hot. He asked if I wanted to be friends so we could meet up somewhere one day, in person. I was typing up my response and thinking about blocking him when he sent something that reinforced this notion. It was a message and it read, I knew we had a connection at McDonald's. Don't you remember? You looked right at me. I ran to my mom before deleting the conversation. She said that we need to keep the conversation on there for the police to look at and she called the cops. I never heard from the guy again, but I don't think he was ever caught. Makes you wonder how many creepy people are out there trying their best to prey on your kids. Watch yourself and be aware of who your kids are talking to. I've had an Instagram for a while at Darkness Prevails YouTube but I barely use it because I have no idea what I'm supposed to post on there, really. And I don't want to get too personal. But after these stories, I think we all might be rethinking having an account on there, or at least thinking about how we can make it more anonymous. Be careful what you post, because even the most innocent picture could lead you to being found by the worst people on the planet. Good night. Be sure to like, share, comment, and subscribe if you enjoyed the video. Don't forget, you can send me your true scary stories at darknessprevails.org. If you want to support my channel, you can go to patreon.com darknessprevails. Donate any amount, and you'll get your name in the credits at the end of these videos. Or go to Google Play and download my app Spooked to get all my stories and videos in one easy place. Last but not least, Click the shop button below or go to morbidmonsters.com to buy some really cool Darkness Prevails merchandise. Now then, here are my five favorite early comments from the previous video about five disturbing public park stories. Tyler Upchurch says, where do you get the nature sounds for your videos? I have an account on epidemicsound.com and they've got tons of sound effects and music, but you've got to pay for an account. Definitely worth it.
Nick Harris Media says, do you like bananas? I love them. But my AP bio teacher used to say they'd give you nightmares. Maybe that explains this channel. Archangel Ariel says, is it bad I don't get nightmares from these videos? I don't know. I used to not get nightmares from them, but I've had a rash of weird ones lately. So good luck. A Jar of Pickles says, if there's one thing my mother taught me, it's this. Always trust a man in a big white van. It has yet to lead me astray. Yeah, how do you think she met me? And Big Boss says, shout out to Gator Martin reacting to this. Hey, just checked out his channel. Looks awesome. Keep up what you're doing, man. Horror channels like mine don't get a lot of attention. So whatever I can get is greatly appreciated. Anyway, thank you all for tuning in to another Darkness Prevails video. More scary stories are coming soon, so stay tuned. Here are the credits to my patrons who continue to donate. And until next time, this world is a strange one. So stay safe out there and stay creepy.